Oh, yeah. This is the manly man, Randy Brutal, talking at you. When I'm on the road, I pass the time between matches, snapping to Slim Jims, and listening to the Sean Geek Podcast, which I download off of SeanMcGinnity.ca. That's the Sean Geek Podcast, downloaded off of SeanMcGinnity.ca, brother. Oh, yeah. Unless you're looking back and you're going, uh, I don't like this. <laughs> well, the interesting thing, since she's been on her medication, this new medication for um, Cushing's disease, which is what she has, mm-hmm. um, I've noticed there's more more zip in her step. Well, good. Good. Yeah, yeah some medications are, well, it's like just like humans. <laughs> it affects them in different ways. Makes them all tired and doesn't want to do, do anything and then uh, change their medication and then they're a little bit more energy. Yeah, I think some of um I guess she was lethargic before and I didn't realize she was a lethargic. She's just who's just like, oh, she's old. Like she, of course she's slowing down, but it wasn't that at all. It was it was, you know, the Cushing's disease, I guess. So right. Anyway, welcome to the Sean Geek and Fast Threat podcast with me, Sean Geek, and that guy. Fast Fred. So Good morning. I, I'm going to keep that little thing in before. So in, in case some of you are wondering, yes, Luna has Cushing's disease. One of one of our uh, mascots for the show, because it's Winston and Luna, of course, the mascots of the show. <laughs> and. Um, oh, my God, I'm forgetting. What's Corey's dog's name? Hey, boy, hey, boy, <laughs> that works. <laughs> We have lots of mascots. I'm sure Karen has a mascot too. Um. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna. Can I? Can I share a beef? Sure. You know, beef, beefs or bouquets, beef, that that thing. Beef. Yeah, we should. We should have our own segment. The okay. beef segment. The beef. <laughs> yeah. Who got the beef? We should call it. <laughs> who's like who's got the? Who's got the beef? Who's got the beef? Um. Wait. Well, I, I've okay. So. I was listening to a podcast just now, like on, mm-hmm. on the walk. I was listening to a podcast on the walk. Right. Not realizing there was a new episode of In the Podcast Will Rock, which is, a, I as, as I've mentioned to them on Twitter, is I listen to their show when I'm walking Luna. That's, that's my ritual. Cool. And I walk as long as the episode is. And, uh, you know, I hear my headphones, so there's no distractions. I can kind of catch everything. I don't like listening to it in the background. I like listening to it as a foreground thing. Right. While I'm walking. So I, uh, for some reason, so here, here's my beef. So the first podcast on my podcast player is, and the podcast will rock and uh pot of thunder. And then, um, um, which police radio. See, these are all in alphabetical order. No, I've I I, arra- I think I arranged them that way. Oh, okay. Or you know, not on purpose. And then it's living through extin- extinction. Um, shit, I should look it up here. 
Well, here we're giving free plugs to some podcasts I listen to. Might as well get it right and actually See, you know, freaking list. Is this like the yellow pages when you look and the very first thing is uh, a something, and then it's double oh, a you know something, what? and then I'm triple sorry. a something because they want to be at the top it's, of the list. It, yeah, you know what? It is alphabetical. My, my <laughs> okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna so and the podcast will rock and um, pot of thunder. Those are the two every week. I like I auto download every episode and I listen to them roughly the day they come out or within a few days. I wasn't able to this week because I left my phone in Winnipeg while I was in Edmonton. Oh, that's why you didn't respond to me. <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll, You know what? We'll tell that story as well. We didn't talk about Edmonton at all, did we? Did we? Uh, no, we talked about it after uh, after the show. Afterwards, yeah. Okay. So maybe we should talk about it because people are probably wondering. Yeah, it was pretty. A couple, pretty of cool. cryptic, couple of cryptic messages on on Twitter that people are like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" So, um, so the other ones I listened to, uh, booked on rock, of course, with Eric Senich, because mm-hmm. I mean, it's Eric, man. Eric's, Eric's. You know, out of everyone that we've talked to on the show, like the people we've met through podcasting, I guess mm-hmm. he's probably the nicest. Yeah, I mean, everybody has their own, I mean, they're all nice, but he's kind of more kind of the guy you'd have over for supper and, and hang out with. Uh, hang out with, yeah, with the family and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, like, he and I chat offline, uh, like, often enough. Like, he just reaches out to me every once in a while just to reach out to me. <laughs> uh, and I do the same with him, you know, and it's, like, it's, it's not. I feel it's not totally on a professional level anymore. It's more like on a personal level, which is nice. And um, like he, he he's awesome. And and Corey Morissette, like he's he's phenomenal. He's like mm-hmm. from yep. yeah, he's super nice. We 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 chat a fair amount. Um, so the other ones I listen to, which I get a I promised, I, whatever in Obscuria podcast. So that is a recent discovery. It's one of those that Chris L told us to listen to. Okay. Um, and I really, really like it. The two guys, they're kind of very similar cadence in the relationship as you and I. Okay. Um, and they just talk about music they really, really like. Like stuff that's kind of been forgotten maybe a little bit and that needs to be brought to, you know, brought forward so to make people aware of. Right. Which I really, really like that. And it's not new stuff or old stuff. It's kind of a bit of everything, which is nice. Uh, what else? Verbal diorama, real debaters. Well, that's interesting. Uh, and that's the name of the podcast. Yep. Well, that's interesting. Okay. I'm, I'm, I want to have them on the show at some point, but I'm, I'm too um, awestruck. Like, it's one of those, like, when I reached out to Eric Senich, I was, like, totally terrified to reach out to him. And then you reach out to him. We have him on the show, and he's, like, the nicest guy ever. And it's like, what am I being afraid of, you know? But they have a, a really kick-ass show. And every week they discuss um, something that's interesting. Hmm. So the one lady brings in the something that's interesting, and the other lady has no idea what's being brought in. So she reacts in real time to what's being brought in. Yeah, that's like you and I. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're seeing a, a certain uh, style to these shows. Just the uh, the female version of it. So, so here here is my my complaint. Now, I really really <clears throat> like Antenna Pod. That's what I listen to all my podcasts on. 
I know some people don't like antenna pod. Um, I think Tony Stark told me that, <laughs> but antenna pod's great. There's no ads. Um, I can find indie shit on there really easy. Um, I don't know why, because I think what they do is they're the search function on it is curated through different podcast platforms. While something like Podbean, for example, is if you haven't registered your podcast with Podbean, Podbean won't have it. Right. Like, so I always go out and I find new podcast companies and I register a show on various platforms. So it shows up right. Antenna pod. I can find anything regardless of, because some people might not have put themselves on Spotify, for example. Right. So if you're on Spotify and you're trying to listen to something and it was never sent to Spotify, you'll never find it. Hmm. Like it's only like, like there's a lot of podcast platforms that won't, you'll only find the shows that have a million listenerships or something like, you know, but antenna pods good, but I will have, I do have to complain, not complain, but I guess I wish I could star stuff on it. Kind of like the like because I have way more podcasts than that on my list. There's probably about 25 on here, but I don't listen to all 25 all the time. If somebody's right. got a good topic, I'll download of, of all the other ones. But and the podcast will rock never auto downloads for me. I have to manually go in and auto download it. It's annoying. <laughs> two days later, like I go into my player two days later. And I see it. So there's two sections. There's the episodes. So every podcast I have on my list, it lists every episode that's on there that I haven't downloaded. And they're always in that list. And then there's the other list, which is the downloaded list, which is every episode I've downloaded. So I have a bunch set to auto download. And so that kind of shows you how dedicated you are to actually have to physically go and download it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But anyway, for some reason, I, I wait for that notification. Like, because like, I also have it tagged that when it downloads, it tells me, hey, by the way, there's a new episode. Is so, it like um, Al Bundy waiting for a pizza? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am waiting for that pizza. I'm waiting for the end. The podcast will rock pizza. So anyway, what happens is, like, they release on Fridays, typically. And I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm like, Oh, I guess they didn't release a, an episode because there was a, I, I think there was a time or two and I could be wrong. Please correct me if I am. But I think there's a couple times where they, they released like on Saturday or Sunday or something, or it was just my player not telling me the episode had been released. So it's probably a setting and I'm probably just a doofus. Probably don't have the setting on properly, but anyway. Anyway, that's that's my uh, my grape. Oh, sorry. Well, that was part of the grape. The other. No, that's it. I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Al Bundy uh, waiting for a pizza. Do you remember that? I do. Certainly you, do. You know how like extra cheese bag. Did, did you order extra cheese? <laughs> yes, Al. <laughs> oh, goody, goody. <laughs> yes, Al. Egg. Um, so, OK, so this is what this is what was shared today. Uh, was actually shared. Oh, okay. So it was actually shared by Mitch Lafon, um, which I don't know. I think I get Tracy hooked on Mitch Lafon. Mitch Lafon's another one of those podcasts I follow. Mitch Lafon is the best quote unquote professional, I guess by professional. I mean, he's like sponsored and stuff and he gets all the big music guys on his show. Um, 
but everyone likes Mitch Lafon. The first time uh, like a music musician appears on Mitch Lafon, they'll come back every time. The, the minute they they meet him on air and talk to him, it's like, okay, this guy is respectful. He is probably the most respectful journalist I've ever heard mm-hmm. with um with musicians. Like every musician he has on the show, he's heard every single one of their albums, every single one of their songs, and he also has an encyclopedic knowledge of that band despite having hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different bands on his show he knows every single one of them i don't know how he does it but anyway so this is what he posted today and this is what tracy shares that sean you gotta see this so he said april wine guitarist brian greenway mm-hmm. do you remember who brian greenway was you know what i know the band uh and they they've got what three or four guitars but the problem is is i, I don't <laughs> yeah, they do have three i don't guitars. Yeah, i don't i don't physically know no i don't i don't know their names unfortunately right. well i didn't follow them that closely likely luck luckily we have the share function here screen two. Oh no screen one it's this guy here can you see or make it bigger it's like weird l oh okay this guy here <laughs> yeah uh he's the curly-haired singer in the band like one of the one of the two two singers he's the curly-haired guy uh anyway okay so this is what he had to say i'll unshare here um april wine april wine guitarist brian greenway offer his take on the current state of music and musicians do you agree with him does it matter how a song is created um oh yeah well let's do this so who is april wine i guess some people probably don't know who the hell april wine is a canadian rock band um they've got uh lots of oh my god i like to rock uh fridays at work because i work in the maintenance department and we had these huge brass and copper fittings right so we'd have these copper fittings it was like a four by six you know copper coupling and this thing is weighs you know it's like a big bell so every friday i'd grab you know something off the shelf pick up this huge bell hit it and they go oh it starts yes yeah so i do that every friday just to announce that it was friday what song is that called? I like to rock. I believe so. Yeah. Or is that Ooh What a Night? Um. Ooh what? Oh, could be. Okay. I so I'm just, gonna, I'm, just gonna, I'm gonna play it right now just so people can hear what it is because hey, we have the capability of doing that now. So this is the song Todd's referring to, one of the greatest Canadian bands of all time. This is the song you're talking about, Todd? Yeah, exactly. Now, this would be Brian Green Greenway here, I think, thinking. Oh, yeah, that's a great song. Yeah, it's got some good harmonies, too. Oh, yeah. Well, there's two lead singers in the band, I believe, right? That's my understanding. I could be wrong. I don't know. Anyway, so this is this is what Brian Greenway had to say. And I, I want to get your your take on this. This is actually very, very interesting. Um, 
So he says, much of today's music isn't music. Actually, I'm sharing screen. Can you actually see this thing? Yep. Okay. So much of today's music isn't music. It's programming. The desire to be famous rather than pay your dues, learning their craft says it all. The buy a beat technology helps create this situation. A laptop is not an instrument. Neither is the sample software on it to people who cannot play an instrument. That software is a tool for those who can play an instrument and in the right hands can make magic with ideas of a talented musician. If you can't play an instrument or sing, what are you trying to do? You are just a programmer whose musical skills are based on knowledge of software. That's a talent, but you are not a musician. Musicians make music, but the record companies don't seem to want that. Rather ironic. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, I'm going to keep this up here so we can actually go back. Oh, that's a double barrel when they're... Holy... Okay. Okay, I, I, let's... What, what do you got to say, Todd? What, what do you think? I, I'm leaving it open so you can quote it if you need to. Okay, as as for someone who he has uh, paid his dues and uh, has paid played, holy and, shit, this guy definitely paid his dues and honed his craft and had to do all the touring and all the work and everything involved. I can see exactly where he's coming from. I mean, if you're not, I mean, if it's like a well, golfing would be, you know, if you had a, a golfer, a professional golfer, and he's been golfing since he was ten. Then you have someone who's uh, having a tournament, but it's a, say, a computer video game tournament. It's like, you haven't paid your dues. You just kind of came off the street, just figured you'd come and do this. And now you're, uh, they're paying you to play uh, PC uh, golf, right? So, but on the other hand, music is music and music is different for everyone. So sure. I, I agree with them wholeheartedly. I mean, you put in your dues, you work hard, even the stuff that we did. I mean, for us to get to, to the level he was at, we would have had to have dedicated basically our lives to it, which is what he's done, right? Which so is totally what he did. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, don't, you know, sure he I'm slept a, on a lot of couches in his time just to, you know, just to make it. Yeah. I mean, I'm a surgeon. I, I you know, went to, to the university and did all my studies and had to do all the internship and do all this stuff. And, you know, you have to work for, for what you get. But when he's, uh, uh, yeah, but yeah, like I said, music is music, and it's different for everyone. And 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 people, if they can find something that, you know, they can find, oh, this this makes a noise. Well, the noise is, you could you know say, well, noise is music, depending on on who hears it and 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 what it is, right? So, I mean, if I have a Casio keyboard, and I hit a, a couple of notes on it and go, okay, well, that's to me, that's music. Uh, I may not be any good, but it's music <laughs> nonetheless. Sure. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. I, well, so what's okay? There's so two what, sides. So what I want, what the thing I want to point out is, um, so interestingly enough, I I just realized, like I, I use Reaper, right? Mm-hmm. Reaper is my main thing, but before I was using Reaper, I was using something called Magix, which is really really great recording software. It's very phenomenal. But what Magix has, which I really enjoyed, was it had a bunch of pre-programmed stuff in there. Okay, so th- th- there was um, pre-programmed guitar riff one, guitar riff two, guitar riff three, guitar riff four, et cetera, et cetera, right? Yeah. So you could literally take guitar riff one. So you could take, so you could, you could assemble a song using samples, right? So you're going to pick the beat you want. So there's a whole bunch of beats 
rock beat one two three four rock beat alternate one two three four you you pick the beat you you put how many bars of it that you want so if you want eight bars or 16 bars or whatever or four bars and then you can then you layer the bass and then you can you know pick your pre-existing bass lines so you don't have to play anything you're literally just taking the samples so there's different licks right Right. so then you can literally create a whole song using pre-existing licks and riffs and drum fills and drum beats and bass lines and even vocal melodies they even have vocal melodies where uh they uh the vocal melody might be called all right and it's just someone going all right and then all, all right, alternate two, all right, and then alternate all right, three, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And you can literally layer a song and, and put it together track by track by track. So I think this is what he's referring to where he says, um, the buy a beat technology helps create the situation. The laptop is not an instrument. Neither is a sample. Neither is the sample software on it to people who cannot play an instrument. So the software itself is a tool for those who can play an instrument and in the right hands can make magic with ideas of a talented musician. So what he's, what he's referring to, this is my thought mm-hmm. where he says, you're just a programmer. He, I think that's what he's talking about. The softwares that have all these samples in it. And then you're just taking all the various samples, mashing them together to make a song. So you're not actually playing any of the instruments. You're literally just taking samples that were created that are, you know, if you buy the software are free in the software and making a song out of it. So I don't think he's necessarily saying like, I think that's specifically what he's saying because some of the softwares like Reaper, I don't know if there is samples. You can probably buy samples of stuff. Mm-hmm. I know like a lot of guitar players who don't play drums, but they still compose music. Um, well, it's I, the thing you, you don't have to be able to play music. Uh, or no music and play an instrument to be able to create music yeah and song songwriters if you've got a songwriter and someone's got something in their head and they they put it down on paper they may not exactly know how to play write music in the traditional sense true um, but in the sense that he's talking about with, with these programs and the software and whatnot they can create their music so if you wanted to you know and when you with salty bear and when you're doing stuff with the keyboards and the bass you weren't very familiar on how it all worked oh i definitely wasn't no you knew what you wanted right so you yep. went on it and then you, you you put your own kind of stuff on it this is just kind of a software version where they can put it in everything's in tune everything's in key yeah all they need to do is put you know whatever the bpms are and and you know change some parameters to see what sounds good to them it's just a different form of making music it's not so much but i i can see his gripe and i can see why he's upset and i can see the reasoning behind it but like i said music is is it just depends on the person so what i think what's interesting is like the samples in like magics and other ones like that is who created those samples. Like, I don't see the interesting thing is, so they'll have umpteen guitar riffs, umpteen bass lines, umpteen, you know, drum fills and stuff like that. But who actually created that? Like, I don't see anywhere in the software where it says riff one written by Ian Summers, riff two written by da, da, da. like, there's no, 
credit being given for the people that came up with these licks and riffs. But where did they get the licks and riffs? Were they through a, I was going to say suppository, through a <laughs> repository <laughs> of, of music or, or, or drum fills or, uh, but I mean, even these programs that you can buy, these, these drumming programs, um, I can't remember all the names of them, but Easy some of them. Was the one. Was yeah. So, I mean, they have their own beats in there. And then you just create music around it and you just, you just keep, keep those beats. There's just so many and then so many variants per beat. So you'll have a beat and you'll have one for the chorus. You'll have one for, you know, there's a, you can write a whole song just on that. And I think actually I had used it uh, for when I wrote the, the song flying. Yes. I that's what I did. I think I went in. Flying, by I, the way, is the opening theme to this song. That's Todd's composition, one hundred percent. It's not lifted from anywhere. That's Todd. Oh, the, oh, that? the beginning of the show. Yeah, yeah the beginning. Of yeah, show. that was that was I. What did I do? I think I I tried to beat first, and then I threw down a bass line, and then I put some guitar over that, and then that was kind of my my things. Like I don't know how to play drums, and if I were to add keyboard. I mean, I would put it in as a tool. Like you said, it's a, it's a tool. I mean, if you're wrapping it around whatever you're doing, I guess in a sense, that's what he means by a tool. But if you're just using it solely to create the music itself, which is no different than a DJ or whatnot with all these beats and stuff that they have when they're up and they're mixing and whatnot, that's all music too. It's just a different way of doing it. Well, yeah. So like a lot of guitar players, like most people are not multi-instrumentalists. Most people are not Lenny Kravitz or or Stevie Wonder, you know, playing everything, or Dave Grohl, you know, the, where they play every single instrument and, you know. Yeah, they can write but, their own tune right from the ground up. But as a guitar player, if you need a, a beat and you want to compose something, you, you have to use the tools in front of you to lay a beat down so you can play over it. So you find the thing, you, you probably find the thing that you hear in your head to, to kind of put it together. So because I'm a drummer more than I am like a keyboard player. Like I, what I do is I actually do the beat. Like I actually play the beat and then I, I extract it and then I dump it into Reaper and then I take the keyboard part. But then what I'm doing is I'm using a guitar setting and playing through the MIDI to make it sound like I'm playing guitar because they don't play guitar kind of don't play bass either so you know so i'll go in in the keyboard and play all the parts you know but is that is that me like based on what he said is that me using the tools in an insincere way like shouldn't i just pick up a guitar and just play it oh i don't play well then maybe i shouldn't do the part at all i should hand it over to somebody else or you well, know yeah but when he started that's kind of the 70s mentality if i needed a beat I couldn't just go to the software and put one in. I have to say, Sean, can you get do a beat for me? And then we'd have to get together, figure out, you know, what type of beat it is and, and you know, how long the cadence, you know, everything. We'd have to get together and do it. Yeah. Um, and that's old school, the way that, that he would have done it. Um, I don't know if he still writes music, um, if he actually still does it the old fashioned way, the tried and true way that, that he's been using for years that works for him. Uh, when someone switches technology, there's a bit of a learning curve and it may not turn out, you know, 
the way you want it first. I mean, it's, it's just like anything else. I mean, first time you try something, you know, it doesn't normally work out the way you want. Yeah. Uh, it kind of gives you a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to lie. I have used drum programs. If I have a riff in my head, like a piano, a piano riff or whatever you want to call it. Like if I have that in my head and I can just, you know, sit down on my piano and play it out and I don't want to lose it. Like I usually record my ideas on my phone. You know, if I have an idea, I just record on, on, on the phone. But the thing is like, if I, I, so I don't lose it. I'll just go into whatever program I'm using, select a beat that's approximate to what I might play and then just record the piano over top. Right. So I have it. And then what I might do later is I might actually go play. I might listen to the, the piano run and go, okay, you know what? This beat probably would work better, but at least I got it down. Right. Like I, I use it. I use that as a tool. But I mean, I've used pre-programmed drum beats before, but the, the thing is too, like there's two levels. Like if you're just using a sample, you can also go in and like with like a program like Easy Drummer, you can actually program the beat. You can say, I want a snare on the second and the fourth. I want a, um, a bass on the, on, the, on the one, two, three, four, or on the one and, and three. Like you can literally like, place the notes so you're you're actually com composing which in the old days like when you saw you know big sheet music you'd see a composer writing the notes down and then telling someone else to play those notes right so essentially in the music program that's what i'm doing i'm i'm got my you know my sheet music if i'm building a drum beat in easy drummer that's how i'm going to do it i'm literally picking my notes where I want them or my beats where I want them. Right. But, but like, I can see what he's saying because here's the thing, like just as, as, a, as, a, as an experiment, what I did with, with, um, with magics is like, okay, I'm like, how quick could I write a theme song for the podcast? This is way before like you were like the regular, the irregular occurring guest until you became the co-host of this show. I created a theme Right. And all I did was I went in to magics and I picked a beat. I picked a guitar line. And I picked a bass line very randomly. Boom. Looped it. So it was like 30, 15 to 20 seconds long. Right. And that was it. And it literally took me like two minutes. So doing it that way, I don't think I did anything. That wasn't musician wise. Like I didn't do anything. Right. Literally dragged and dropped. Didn't put any thought into it because what the software does, it just makes sure everything fits together. Right. If you're picking a guitar riff, it's it, the guitar riff is going to go with the beat. The software makes it do that. Right. So things don't, you don't have to be precise. Like if you're a musician, you can't play. Do -da, do -da, do -da, do -da, and then the, the guitar is, <laughs> like really soft and mellow boom, boom, boom. Oh, that doesn't go with the beat. Like you have to make them go together, but the software does it for you. Right. So, um, I actually did in high school, we had, this was back when the Apple twos came out mm, wow. and then, and then the, the Mac, the very first Mac came out, uh, and the teacher had it and it was just a little box. Like it was, 
it was all, you know, it had the monitor and everything was kind of built in. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a project and mine was to create a song with the music software. Now the music software, all it was, was just the clef. It had, you know, you could put the notes where you wanted them uh, and then you could put the pauses and the, you know, everything in there. And then I'd, I'd, I'd do some stuff and then I'd click on it. Okay. Because I, I don't read music per se. I read tab. Uh, I, I tried reading music with, you know, F-A-A-C-E and all, you know, all the, the jargon to, to try and figure out where it is. Um, but I, I just kind of was like, you know what, I, I prefer to play music than to try and read it and try and figure it out. Uh, I've always wanted to take lessons, but I know I, I enjoyed just, just playing it on my own, uh, I'm no professional by any, by any means, but I'm one of those, those people who learns by ear. Yeah. And, uh, I figured, you know, it did, I've done a pretty good job over the years, but if I ever wanted to expand, I mean, I could always go into that, uh, go into that realm, but, uh, the, the school project thing, I just kind of put the notes in and I go, okay, is that the right note? No, that's too high. So I go down half of one. Oh, try that. Yeah, that's right. And then I just kind of create the whole thing that way. But yeah. that was the, that was the extent of music software back in, geez, what was that? 83, four, five. I can't remember. That was a while back. Whenever Apple twos and then the Mac came out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I guess I see what he's saying. I, I, I agree with certain bits of it. Like if you're just going to go in the software, drag and drop and put no thought to it and say, Hey, I wrote a song. Did you though? Like, I don't know. I kind of feel like if you're just dragging and dropping, yeah, you're a programmer. But I mean, if you're meticulously like placing the notes in and doing all that stuff, like I think it's a tool I think it's a tool, like, but I, I, see, I well, think, what do people, what, I mean, what do, what do people use nowadays? I mean, that was back in, in that time frame. I mean, if you talk to Wolfgang and you asked him like, you know, you, you do all your instruments. So what do you do? Do you lay down a track first? Do you software for that? Do you just kind of, you know, do you do both? Do you kind of mess around with both to see, you know, what, what kind of helps and what doesn't and. Because I mean, he has his own formulation, obviously, since, since he you know writes his songs from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, that may not be a good example because he does play all his own instruments. He certainly does. But if you have a one-man band who you know, I create all the music, I do the whole thing. But when I tour, I have to bring a band with me and I have to get them to rehearse because I'm usually the one who plays all the instruments. Yep. That person, or or doesn't play you know, half the instruments, they have to kind of get them in and they probably, you probably have to use his own software, but everyone has their own way of, it's usually, was it, uh, could be wrong, but it's usually the drum beat and then you do the bass and then the guitar and the vocals. I don't know if that's the right way to do it, but that's kind of the way that I've kind of read and, and, uh, when kind of going through and writing other stuff and that's, that was kind of the process, but everybody might do it a little differently. Yeah. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, um, uh, the end, the podcast will rock polls. Remember we were part of the poll for, Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so they, they, they had the, the second round of voting. Okay. 
because they had three rounds of voting, four guests per round, I think. Right. And who do you want to see come back for the star-studded end of August episode? Well, we made it to the second round, as you know, because we we did really well in round one. And they put us against Kelsey Van Halen. That's what, what? She, that's what she calls herself on Van, on uh, Twitter, Kelsey Van Halen, I believe. Oh, okay. And she was uh, she was like she might have been the first guest host potentially, one of the first. It was either him or it was um, uh, Mar- uh, John Mariano. I can't remember, but anyway, she did a really good job. She's uh, and the reason she was brought on, she's a new Van Halen fan, and she's she's young. So he uh-huh. wanted he wanted to see a perspective of someone who's discovered Van Halen very recently. And she's yep. a hardcore fan. Like she went, you know, she's like buying shit and putting <laughs> shit on her walls and stuff. Like hardcore fan, but new fan. Yeah, it's kind of like when the old fans <laughs> kind of recognize them and go, oh, and they kind of did the same thing. So so here's so anyway, so second round. I guess Kelsey has a lot of friends and followers. Yeah. So she's just annihilating the the ratings for round two. So round two was us, Kelsey and Eric. Okay. And Kelsey's just annihilating. Ah, she blew us out of the water. Yeah. So, but here's <laughs> but I think I don't know if the voting was still going on, but here's here like I suggested this, and here's what I said was look, I I have no problem, you know, conceding defeat. Or whatever, <laughs> conceding, conceding that she won. That's amazing. We made the list. Never mind. Conceding. Well, no, exactly right. Like, yeah. you know, it's cool. And you know, honestly, like that was it's cool. That was one of my favorite episodes of the show when she was on. She she did a really good job. You know, she was. Um, I don't know. It, there, she she has something right. It's part of the excitement of something new, right? Sure. Because when you like when I first heard it, it was like oh, my my face melted. And yeah. It was like, what is this, and who is this, and what the hell is he doing with his guitar? And you're but trying you, to you were, see, but you were at the right age, right? She wasn't; she wasn't even born. So it, but but nope. no, but she's at that age now. Yes, when exactly. I discovered it, yeah. So well, it's probably older, just, a little bit older, but still, or maybe she was your same age, like because when you're at that certain age, things melt your face, like when you first <laughs> hear things. Yeah, it's like know. those discovery videos, or what do they call it when they sit down? They've they've never heard the song before. And they listen to it and they go, like Tom Sawyer Rush or something. They listen and go, what the hell is that? Um, I, I don't know if I can do this. Face melt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to share this. <laughs> I, I, we're not going to be able to see it on the screen, I am sure. Uh, like on my screen? Yeah. Okay, so I gotta probably have to fix this. Okay, no, it's defaulting. Good. Here it comes. Okay, here we go. You ready? Okay. Come on, play. All the outfits. Check. Come on, commercial. Ten second. Oh, fifteen second commercial. Yeah, we're not going to dignify that. <laughs> Keep that on. They're getting paid for that. this don't look at it no i don't remember this this is todd the first time listening to van halen the music of van halen is swirling around
They should have the Twister soundtrack on here while this is on. Oh yeah, if they if they did emerge. Yeah. Like. Here it comes, here it comes. But this is the, the spirit of the music. Beautiful, exactly. That was Dave. It's like Medusa. Don't look. Oh, oh. The, the solo's coming. The solo's coming. The solo's penetrating you. <laughs> Hi. Okay, now. Here we go. Uh, he's finger tapping now. There you oh, go. Oh, yeah. There we go. <laughs> Oh, and it blew up. Yeah, that's yeah. about right. All right, so that's pretty much uh, what it's like to listen to Van Halen. Now, you guys didn't see this clip, but this is the Raiders of the Lock, Ra Raiders of the Lost Ark clip where their faces are getting melted. Well, that's people listening to Van Halen. So that was Todd when he was over <laughs> 13 or whatever the hell it was. And this was Kelsey when she heard Van Halen for the first time. So anyway, so what I suggested is like, like I, I said, I don't think you need to break it down to who's the winner here. I think you need to have Eric. And I think you need to have Kelsey on that episode together. Have the historian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If there's any. The, the the newer fan together. And I'm I'm like, like, why wouldn't you do that? Oh, she would be like, thirsty for knowledge. And he's got the knowledge. Exactly. Right. Like, oh, I, yeah, that, that would be a, that would be a great match. I think that's the way to go. And 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 because we do shit live. Right. I'm going to do this on Twitter right now as we speak. So um, oh. <laughs> if you want to play some circus music now while I'm typing or. <laughs> what do you think? Twitter. Should. You know what? If, if, if. Uh... When I was younger and I had discovered Van Halen and if I would have had the opportunity to have someone to talk to who had all that knowledge, because I was looking oh for my God, yeah, right? the only thing we had was like guitar player magazine or, you know, any type of magazine like that, that had say Eddie on the, on the cover with his guitar. There was obviously an article in there. And I think anyone that I saw, I bought and it didn't matter. And nowadays with the advent of the internet, you can find pretty much all the information that I was provided back then on top of all the new stuff, on top of all the stuff Eric has that no one else would normally have the knowledge for. Yep. Yeah. That's, that would, yeah, that would have also melted my face. <laughs> and even when we had Eric on and he was telling us all these stories, like, wow, like th there's a lot of stuff that, you know, wasn't aware of and now you've got wolfgang now in the mix now you've got some more history and the backstory of that and 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 how he's progressing and how he's coming along and and wrote an album and oh my god now he's married and it's just so much going on all right i just posted it here just posted it <laughs> okay there we go <laughs> stir the pot stir the pot there you go. 
stir. Uh, anyway, so sorry, that's kind of fun. Um, hell, I had something else I wanted to talk to you about. What the hell was it now? Oh, uh, so yeah, sorry, I was going to share about the Edmonton trip. Yeah. So, um, we had planned an Edmonton trip some time ago, and uh, we had that whole crazy baloney going on with all the airlines. I'm not going to point fingers or lay blame. Whatever. This isn't a beef. This is just telling you how the the story shaped out. But we had a flight booked to go to Edmonton. We weren't going to rent a car when we were out there. We're going to keep the cost down. And it was just going to be, it was just going to be a trip for me, the wife and the kids and Sylvie's sister, her husband and their kids. And it was just going to be the eight of us just getting together and you know just the eight of us just to decompress because sylvie and i have been going through a lot of stuff we have uh the cushing's disease with 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 luna which they've kind of given her a timeline you know an expiration date right so to say and that was hard um we've also had some some medical issues with a couple members of the family uh, well, actually, more than a couple members. There's one on our side, Todd, and there's two on my on, like the other side. Yeah, you know, with my daughter, and then my mom-in-law, and then my aunt, and then Sylvie had COVID, uh, you know, a little while ago, and that was tough. And there's just like too much going on, so we just wanted like, yeah, we have family out in Alberta, and we have friends out in Alberta, but just like you know, we're just gonna go. It's the eight of us and just let the kids be kids because some of this stuff is heavy on the kids, right? You know, particularly heavy on the kids. So we just want to go out there and just have fun, plug. decompress. Yeah. So interestingly enough, I left my phone behind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we had one phone. So Sylvie's phone. So, you know, usually like as, as parents, like parents can relate, like you have two phones, you have to have two phones. Well, one uh, parent will be one place. One parent's going to do something else. It's exactly. like, Oh, while you're there, get, you know, yeah, exactly. texting back and forth and whatnot. Like, it, 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 when you, especially when you have kids, it's, it's, it's even more of a necessity to be able to do that. Right. So, right. Um, and to not have that, like we went back to the old days of like, all right, we'll meet you in 20 minutes. But I'm like, Okay, but meeting in 20 minutes at this designated area, and then one of the kids has a meltdown or a blowout, like literally a blowout out the rear end, you know, like you can't you can't always honor the time commitments the way you'd want to. And if you can honor the time commitment, but you get there early, the kid is not going to sit still and be early. Right. You know, it, it's it's impossible to time things with children. Well, you wonder how people used to do it. Mm-hmm. it's like i don't know you know how do we do it before the advent of this or that like well you had to do it old school <laughs> yeah and you had to arrange it so well we're going to meet we're at the mall we're going to meet in front of uh, soft mock at uh you know 12 30 yeah you know be here and then you get there at 12 30 and then uh one o'clock rolls around and then they show up and it's like oh you know this and this happened and you know whatever and it's like okay well that's that's old school at least now it's like because everyone's tethered to their phone it's it's kind of part of their appendage now yep 
So, uh, yeah, it, it's way easier just to text somebody. And if you forget something, it's no big deal. You just go, okay. And you just let them know. So, yeah, because yeah, I had sent you a message. Yeah. Because uh, I had borrowed your, your, your vehicle. So, and I, and I was asking you a question. I hadn't heard anything back. I hadn't heard anything back. And it looked like you hadn't even looked at the message yes. yet. So then I figured, well, you know what? I'll text the group with, uh, with Sylvie in it. So that, uh, and then she replied. Right away. So I was like, okay. Yeah. And, and I didn't know why you hadn't, I didn't realize you hadn't, you didn't have your phones. So. Well, no. And I couldn't text anybody to tell them I didn't have my phone either. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so that, that was, it. but we had a, we had a really good time. We needed, I think we needed to unplug from all the stimuli around us and actually not having the phone, even though it was like, shit, what do we do? What do we do? Cause we're at the airport and like, we got dropped off, you know, in the middle of the night and it's like, okay, well, we just got dropped off. We just yeah. went through security and it was as we were going through security, as you're putting everything in the bins, you know, they go through the, like the, the scanner thing. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't put my phone in the bin. As so my first thought was shit. Like somebody took my phone. Cause I, uh, I thought I put it in the bin and then it's like, oh, okay, well we're through security now. So even if I <laughs> called somebody to go to my house and grab the phone and bring it to us, I have to go back through security again. Or are they going to let me do that? Yeah. You'd have to have to overnight express ship it. If you're going to do that. Yeah. To wherever you're staying. And I'm like, and I told Sylvie and she's like, okay, well, we can do this without the phone. Do you need the phone? I'm like, no, I don't need the phone. Like I don't because we like that. We had some stuff on my phone for like reservations and stuff like that, but we print everything off and we always keep a little folder with us, right? Like a physical folder because you never know you're going to get into a place. Like, I don't know if you've ever been like when you go to Costco or you go to superstore, or any of those places, like the big box, like shopping places. Yeah. I don't know if it's intentional or not. I think it is, but you get no reception, no Wi-Fi. You can't make a phone call. You have oh really? No to make a phone call, and you also have no Wi-Fi. Who are you, who are you with? Uh, we're with Rogers. Okay, I'm with NTS. I've I've never run into that problem. Really? Into a like if I'm in a mall or a store or Costco or wherever, I've always I'm had fine in a mall. The only places that are an issue are Costco, or more specifically, Superstore. And I always thought that is this something they're doing hmm. on purpose? Because, oh, what's the price of this? Hmm. I wonder if there's, and you go on your phone, you go check the competition, right? Because <laughs> they always have this, you know, our price will always be the lowest price sort of thing. Like, right. are they, were they blocking the reception or making it hard to get reception on purpose? Or was it just because the, the walls are very thick to the building, you know, and there's a lot of conflicting signals within the building because they all have like, uh, like walkies or whatever, like there's, you know, yeah, I've never run into that problem. So I, I don't, I don't think it's a conspiracy or anything. I need you. I need you to send me a picture. Like texting was fine. Right. But sending pictures. Okay. Well, do you remember when I had sent you a picture Yeah, yeah. Uh, for Abby's birthday? And I said, this is what we got. That was right from super value. Oh, okay. So okay. I actually physically it went right away. It too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's just, okay. Rogers, you suck yet again. <laughs> if that's, I mean, Hey, if anybody's with Rogers or MTS, uh, do the test, try it, try it yourself. Text Sean. Yeah, okay. Send I'm, him a picture. There's another <laughs> from super value or Costco and uh, see if he gets, 
and see if he gets it right away. Okay, I'm putting this now, here as well. Now you can be inundated with pictures. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I don't know. It it's it it's frustrating. So it's like if Sylvie's like telling me, she said, "Oh, I need you to get." blah 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 and i'm like okay can you send me a picture of the bag so i know what like what i'm looking for right i'll get a picture of the bag when i'm at checkout oh that's my get perception <laughs> right by the door i'll get the text right away or like she'll send me the text and the picture and i get the text and i don't even see that i'm getting a picture okay hold it are you talking about messenger or are you talking about through the phone number both Okay, because I find if I try and send someone, if, like if I send you a picture through your phone number, it takes a hell of a lot more time to get it than if I do it through Messenger. Mm. And it's been like that since day one. I don't think that's ever changed. But I don't normally send them through phone numbers anymore because I know it takes so bloody long to get them. You'll say, uh, take a look at this. And then five minutes later, are you sending me something? <laughs> yeah, you just haven't gotten it yet just because it has to go through the different format, I guess, different compressions and whatnot. Yeah, I'm going to put it on here. But a phone is like a parasitic draw, okay? It's just, it's very, very slight because you have it in your pocket. You're always on alert. It's like you're on call. Yes. I mean, and you're not on call for work. You're on call for life, right? So it's it's whatever someone wanting to get a hold of you, the phone's in your pocket. If you take it, if you make an experiment, and just leave your phone home on purpose, <laughs> not not by mistake. Where you know you go to work, and it's like ah crap, I don't have my phone. If someone's trying to get a hold of me, it's usually through Messenger. So what I'll do is I'll just have Facebook up on on the computer, and I'll just have it minimized. And if someone you know if it dings or whatever, then I'll know. Mm. Uh, it, it's not a big big deal. But if you're going and you're traveling and you're not near anything electronic, and you're just kind of going about your business without the phone. It's almost like you said, it's, it's kind of like a peace of mind in one way, but more stressful in the other way, because you've been so used to being able to communicate with it. It's like shutting your voice off saying, you know what, you get laryngitis, you can't talk now. Mm. You're going to have to do, okay, well now I got to write it out. And it's, it's more of a hassle, right? Because it's not so easy. So you're more selective in, in well, what you're going to communicate if you can't speak. Oh so yeah. On your phone, you're going to be more selective. Okay. I really need, okay. I'm going to find a pay phone if there is such a thing like you're actually going to have to make an extra effort because what I, what I like when we were in the hotel and then kind of going through like the mall and stuff I was like okay in my head I'm like okay worst case scenario I can't get a hold of Sylvie like or we're we're not at the meeting place we designated at the right time I'll wait 20 minutes and if nothing happens I'm going to go to my room because we actually had a moment like that where the kids veered off one way and I said look I really want to go to this collectible store and I actually want to take the time to go in and actually see if I can find a deal on something. Right. And then, but when I get out, like I want to see you guys. And then Sylvie wasn't where I thought she would be. Like everything got screwed up. Like I was going to meet up with my brother-in-law and he never came back. So I was like, oh, okay. But he never came back because his, you know, his kid had to go to the bathroom and then, then when they were trying to get back there, he, the kid really wanted to go to Toys R Us or something. And then it's like, you know, he didn't come back and I was relying on him to be my anchor, to be able to call my wife if I needed to. So then right. I'm wandering around the mall, <laughs> West Edmonton mall going, okay, now what, like, what do I do? So I 
So I, I spent like half an hour. So I went into the stores I think she might go into with the kids. Right. But these stores are massive. It's like, okay, well, I could literally go in this store. She could be on the other side of the store. And when I get to the spot that she was at, she's already left the store. So like the stores were too big for me to actually scan to see if I could find them. Right. So I'm, I got my ears on. I'm listening because Ellie's always incredibly loud. Mm-hmm. And, you know, her voice is, I find is very distinctive. Mm-hmm. I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. And then, you know, those little rideable animals, like they're yeah. like little motorized things. You put a quarter in or I see the kids drive by and one. And I'm like, Hey kids, kids. And I'm like, Oh shit. So I start chasing after, but they're way faster than I am. And I'm like, okay, where was the, where was the stand for these things? Like, where did they actually get these? So like, if I go back to where they rented these things, I'll just meet them there. Cause I can't catch is up. This on, is this on like on a track? No, 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 no. They're just like, they're just like little motorized elephants and, different animals pandas and whatever and this and this thing zinged by you yes with the kids on it and i'm like shit like a bus head no 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 they <laughs> it, they ride it it's, it's got controls like steering. and it's not on a truck just just oh, no 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 it's, it's got wheels so i'm like shit there they are and i start chasing out i'm like hey think this through i can't catch up there's no way it's way faster than i am but if i can figure out where they rented these things from i remembered from the day before that you rent them for 10 minutes at a time and i'm like there's no way sylvie's going to rent these out for half an hour because it's a dollar a minute to rent these things so just hang out at the stand i'm just hanging out at the stand so then i run down this one section of the mall thinking okay this is where the thing is around the corner like yes right here shit i'm at the wrong place it's not here (laughs) like fuck let me let me check the map on my phone Oh, oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So then I run to some, oh shit, it's the wrong corner. I bet you it's that corner over there. So I'm kind of trying not to run because then it looks like you stole something and you ran out the door. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, okay, 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 get there. And I'm like, okay, well, I see the animal they were riding. It's here and it's back. Oh, so Sylvie's paid and they've already left. So then I look down the, the block, say the block, like the block of stores, and I see abby and the kids walking round just rounding the corner ahead of me like a whole block of stores ahead so then i'm booting and i'm like okay i'm gonna catch up with them round the corner they're gone so i'm like okay there's like there's like four or five different stores here they could have gone into obviously they went into the lego store okay i'm gonna go into the lego store go into the lego store nice wide open very easy to see i'm like if they're in here i'll see them right away it's very wide open like setup and i'm looking around looking around don't see them okay i'm like where do they go okay indigo indigo's right here okay so i run across to indigo and i'm like i took too long in the lego store like if they went into in there and they went deep there's like a pocket of that store where it's like a sectioned off area and they have like they have these high high shelves that you can't see over to play marco polo (laughs) (laughs) i guess i could have so anyway so then i'm running through the store Everyone probably thinks I'm like trying to steal or something. And, I, and I'm like, fuck, 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 fuck. I can't see, can't see. Then I'm like, oh shit, there's a Starbucks next door. Sylvia was saying she wanted to get Starbucks. Like I'm, 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 I got all these things cataloged in my head, the things she said she wanted to do before we went back to the hotel room. So I go to Starbucks. She's not there. Shit. Okay. So then I go out and like, oh, oh, you know what? They said they were going to meet me back at the collectible store. So I go back to the collectible store. They're not there. 
And then I'm like, okay, I've been chasing for half an hour, try to find them. Right. Came close twice or three times or whatever. Okay. I'm just going to go back to the room. But then I see, um, uh, my brother-in-law's parents were there too. And they, mm-hmm. and I saw them. I'm like, can you text somebody? Like, <laughs> just let them yeah. know where I am. Yeah. And then they're all, and then for some reason, so this is why my brother-in-law never came into the stores. They went into the Lego store and they have a section where you can build a figure, build like a Lego man, Lego okay. and Lego woman. So they were doing that process, but they're doing the one where you actually have to interact with an employee and they do it on the computer and they build your person on the computer. And then they literally like take the pieces and build the character for you, which is a 20 minute process. But I didn't see them because they're behind a console. Uh, so when I went in the store before, I totally missed them, and that's why he they didn't come back. So anyway, whatever. Eventually, I can't remember. I just waited with Sylvie's or uh, with my uh, my sister in laws in laws, and just sat with them and just waited for Sylvie to eventually show up. <laughs> so that so did you actually go to the collectible place? Did you actually go in and and look at what you wanted to see? Yeah, okay. yeah. I spent all the time I wanted in there. Um. And I was, I don't want to throw shade, (laughs) but I may have to. So while we were in the hotel room, we were watching a lot of shows because we don't have TV, right? We don't have regular TV. So we we had the History Channel on and we were watching like Rust Rust Brothers or Rust Valley Restorers or whatever it's called, which they also have in Netflix, which we were watching. We were watching that and then, you know, border shows and stuff. And then they had um i don't know what those shows are called you know the people they 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 buy stuff and they sell it in their store like antiques vintage stuff okay yeah so the antique roadshow or something no no not like roadshow but the ones where it's all about people trying to find stuff like they go to garage sales uh um uh, estate sales they'll go there and they'll pick up stuff bring back to the store store mark it up they you know double the price and then make a, a profit, right? So they buy right. something for 50 bucks, they sell it for a hundred, right? Right. We watched we've been watching, we watched a bunch of those shows in the hotel room, you know, at late at night, just zoning out. Right. And the thing, and this ties into going to the collectible shop. So just hang on for a second. So we noticed that like I'm noticing as I'm watching these shows that these people are going into the like so for example you know oh my 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 parents passed away so we're selling everything all of their stuff at this estate sale and and you know and these collectors come in and they're they're all hardcore negotiating like i wouldn't pay like so for example at the estate sale they're selling something i don't know what it is you think they're at a flea market i'll give you 50 cents (laughs) that's what they're doing right they're like yeah you know, there's there's a price on this of like five hundred dollars that I can't go any higher than a hundred on this. Like that's what they come in with. Oh yeah, right. And then they're like, but this was in my family. Like I kind of this is what this is what they say, right? The people selling, they're like, you know, this was in my family for a hundred years. You know, this had a lot of sentimental value to my mom. Now my mom's passed away, and I really want to put this in someone's hands who would appreciate this. Like, this is the common thing all the time. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I couldn't give you more than 100 for that. 
I, I, I realize I have to bring it back to my store and I have to make a profit off of it. So move along. <laughs> so the thing that bugs me is look, you're buying memories off of somebody, right? Yeah, but you can't, you can't. I mean, if something has sentimental value to you, it's only to you. That's like someone buying a 57 Chevy and going, you know what? I get this 57 Chevy. Uh, I'll, I'll give you six grand for it because that's all I got. But it's worth, you know, 50, 75,000, depending on the person. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the first person that walks in there, of course, they're going to want to undercut and, and get it for a song, right? So that they can sell it they for, can make for it a profit. profit. Yeah. But like there was so, like I've seen episodes where there's someone that really wants to buy this piece, whatever it is, a piece of furniture, or maybe it's something, for example, I don't know, I'm pulling this out of my ass, but let's let's just say like this person wants to buy this car, like it's an old vintage car. They really want to buy it. The reason they want to buy that car, that's the first car I bought when I was 18 years old. This is the exact car. I really need to buy this. I really need to buy this. Like, and I, that's a person you really want to sell to. Right. Because it's got some sentimental value to that person right. who will appreciate it. Exactly. But yeah. the, what do you call these people that, that sell, resell? Gougers. <laughs> no, no, no. Like the, uh, um, there's a name for pawn traders, brokers, traders, pawn, whatever. Pawn, yeah. Pawn stores or, but they're pawn, only, pawn so their only interest in that piece is financial. Yeah. Right. Well, they they, that's they how they, they make their living. Yeah. Yeah. They don't really care. Like, so they'll go in and undercut the person that wants to buy it right now. So this person stumbled upon this car, their car, they grew up with, look, here's the mark. I, I did a little uh, inscription in the uh, underneath the, the hood or, or underneath the hood. And I put my initials in there with, you know, I scratched it out with a nail or whatever. That's my initials there. Like, I really want this car. And then, but they, they didn't intend to, to find it. So like, okay, I'm going to be back. Like, I'm going to go get some money. I'm going to come back and buy this. How much do you want for it? I, I want 5,000 for this. No problem. I'm going to go back and get the money. So then the, the trader comes in. I'll give you a thousand for this cash right now. Well, someone said they're going to come back and they're going to give me five. Yeah, but I'm going to give you uh, 1,000 cash right now. You're not going to get a better deal. That person's like, they're doing everything they can to out-negotiate the other person for less money. Yeah, well, come it's back like, tomorrow. If it's still here tomorrow, we'll talk. But they're so cutthroat. They don't give oh, yeah. a shit if someone that really wants to buy it wants to buy it unless they're buying it from their store. And then instead of selling it to them for five thousand, they're going to sell it to them for seven thousand. So, I, I have a I'm having a problem watching these shows where, they're these stores are are trading on people's memories, to to market up even more. Like, oh wow, I've always wanted one of those. And then they're like, okay, well the cost of this is five hundred bucks. I saw the light in their eyes. Yeah, I'll sell it to you for a thousand. <laughs> They instantly mark it up. They're not going to cut them a deal. They're not going to try to help them out. They're there to make a buck. They don't really care. If the more interested you are in this, the more I'm going to charge you, 
right? That that's the mentality. It's all about making a profit. Sounds like a car salesman mentality. Well, it is. So <laughs> when I went into the store, now I'm I have access to Amazon, I have access to eBay, I have access to comic local comic shops. I have access to a lot of a lot of places to get stuff I want. So when I'm buying in a comic shop, I'm usually it's I'm I'm not trading, I'm trading on memories, but I'm being a bit more, I'm haggling a bit more, right? Mm-hmm. So I come into this store and every single action figure in in there, because I, I collect Marvel Legends action figures, right? So every single action figure in there is five to ten dollars more than if I bought it at Superstore or Walmart or any of like the those stores, right? Big box store. Big box store. So whether you five, buy it or not, they don't really give two craps about it. Right. It's five to ten dollars more. Mm-hmm. It's also about five. So that's I can buy an action figure on Amazon for 35 bucks. Period right? Like these highly detailed ones. So, but their starting price in the shop was $35. That's the lowest price they had. Right. So in my, in my head, I'm going, okay, so you guys go to the superstores. Like you probably buy direct, I guess. Well, they get even cheaper than what, you know, sure. Like the other company is getting for. So they're marking it up higher than you could get it at superstore, but also way higher than Amazon. So they're trading on someone, I need this now, I need this, and I need this now, right? That that's what they're trading on. They're not they're not playing the angle of look, we're a local business, we're locally owned, all local owners, all local employees. We're trying to make a living here, we're trying to make some money. That's not the angle they're playing at all. Well, I mean that and that would make sense. I I I'd prefer, you know, to pay an extra couple bucks to get it locally than to have to get it from a big box store. Absolutely. If I can get it. Yeah. I do that. Like the comic shop I go to like the Jarrett who's been on the show, mm-hmm. I would like, I'll, I'll be honest. There's a, there's a few things I bought from him that I paid more money for that. I could have easily gotten on Amazon for less. Right. But mm-hmm. I'd rather support Jarrett because Jarrett actually gives a shit, right? Like, you know, when you were, when I'm talking to him about Excalibur or Captain Britain, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, he's engaged with you. He's engaging with you. He's a human being connecting you to your, your memory and, and, and selling you something. And he gives you a discount, sure. But, I mean, it's not as high as me just buying from Amazon. But I don't want to buy from Amazon. If I can get it from Jared, I'd rather get it from him. And if it's 5 or $10 more, that's fine. You know, I, that's fine. I, I have no issue with that because he gives a shit. But I went into this store, and it's all about upselling. You know, it's not about selling me the piece and it's about, okay, how, how is, is this guy a mark? Like how much money can I make off of this guy? Like, that's all it's about. And when I watch these pawn broker shows or whatever the hell they're called, it's always about connecting someone with their memory and fleecing them as much as you can. It's not about connecting the person with their memory and doing a service and, and, you know, I, I understand them trying to make money, but the way they go about it, like if this same person is about to buy this, 
from the, the real estate sale, they'll cut that person off and then say, hey, you can come back to my shop and I will charge you 150% more for it. But I already bought it, sorry, but here's my card. Come to my shop. Why would you want to go to that shop afterwards? Like you cut me off, you beat me to this to make a profit and you don't even care about this piece. You know, it's, a, it's, all, it's all marketing. It's all marketing. It's all, it's all in the name of the, the dollar. I mean, that's, and that's, I mean, that's in, you want to get the best bang for your buck, whether you're buying or you're selling. So the person who's, who's selling something and wants to sell it to you for more than what it's worth, it's all, it's all part of, uh, doing business i guess is, is yeah. would be the proper term but those are businesses i won't deal with but now I, I will say some of those people on those shows like for example there was this one guy he collects like religious stuff and, and kind of weird macabre stuff and what so this is what he's doing so and this is a, a good guy so he's like okay he goes to you know constantly going to flea markets and all this stuff and he's got customers that come into his store and say hey I'm really looking for a, um, a, a Portuguese uh, saint thing for Mary. And it's this thing it would, came out in the 50s and she's wearing this and this. And I'm, I'm really looking for this piece. I can't find it. So this guy goes out to all these things and he's got a list in his head. The broker. Of pieces he's trying to find. He's actively going out to try to find these pieces to get them in people's hands. Right. Right. So he's actually has a, he's going to make money. Sure. But he's specifically going out to find pieces to make people happy. It's a win-win. Yeah. It's well, not just a win for me, like, for you. It's a win-win. Let's say, Oh boy, if I get this piece, I bet you could fleece somebody for it and charge, you know, but like, I don't know how many times they go into a place and they, they they'll go and oh my god look at this this is a a 1964 blah 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 and the person selling this has no idea its value and i'm gonna buy this for 50 bucks but it's actually like it's worth like five thousand dollars right and they're like oh, i can't give you 50 for that i'm gonna have to give you 25 like they just like and then they sell it for like five thousand dollars in their store or more but then there was like, there was these two guys, they have a, like a, they sell like hats, like vintage hats and sneakers and stuff. Right. Okay. And they went in, <laughs> they went into this place. They found some Michael Jordan airs, like the first version of Michael Jordan airs, which apparently is a big thing. Mm -hmm. And the lady selling it had no idea what it was worth. They just looked like a pair of old beat up sneakers. Right. Right. And she says, I don't know, like 50 bucks. And they looked at each other like this thing is like 500 bucks. And they actually offered her more money than she asked. They said, you don't realize the value of this. I couldn't in good knowledge pay you 50 bucks for this. How about it was, I give you 200 bucks? It was obviously televised <laughs> to make oh, them yeah. look like dicks. Oh yeah. They were real dicks that time. <laughs> yeah. But no, like these guys were, you know, they're trying to connect people with, with stuff. Like that's their goal. Like, their goal is to connect people with stuff right. as opposed to just not instead of just making a profit. So, and not, and, and just, and even this though shop, these, these... this shop was that sort of place where it's like, no, I'm just going to gouge you as much as I can. 
yeah, these pond places are like aren't the only ones that do it. Like I went to Quest Music one time and I, I I figured, you know what? I wonder what they would charge like on consignment, like if I brought an amp in or something. So they said, you know, we'll give you like uh, you know, a quarter of of what it's worth, uh, but we'll sell it at the price that you originally wanted so we can make all the money on it yeah <laughs> so i was like geez I, I get more money if i if i put it on kijiji like it's it was yeah. ridiculous so when you do see even stuff if you there, don't get the full value it's still they're only they're only offering you a quarter of what it's worth right yeah and the stuff the used stuff that they have you look at you go well they're charging this so i wonder how much money they actually offered the person who is who's actually selling this yeah like it's obviously i mean you could you could instead of a pawn shop you could start a consignment store strictly consignment yeah and make a whole crap load of money on it yeah all right thanks all right <laughs> yes i'll talk to you this week about timing and stuff but yeah yeah all right sounds good all right thanks a lot okay see you later bye fans of the sean geek podcast this is the core geek talking at you did you know that the sean geek podcast has merch available that's right. Head on over to SeanMcGinnity.ca and click the merch link at the top of the page. You'll be taken to the Sean Geek Podcast store on TeePublic, where you can find the Sean Geek Podcast logo on t-shirts, totes, masks, and more. And best of all, a portion of the sales goes to help support the podcast and allow Sean and Todd to keep bringing great content your way. Once again, go to SeanMcGinnity.ca and click the merch link at the top of the page. And while you're there, don't forget to download the latest episode.